welcome to Inklings. I am Emily Bell Freeman, and I'm so excited to welcome you to a space where you and I get to experience a hint of something more together. This is a community where we lean into discussions that will help us obtain a bedrock understanding of the doctrines of Christ. Not overnight, but every day better. Strength gathered over time. There is a place for you here. Looking forward to spending the semester with you as we embark on a journey focused on becoming His. Morning, everyone. Happy Thursday. Welcome to Inklings. And uh, welcome back, everyone who was at the Grace Fireside last night. Now we t- have more conversation. If you weren't at the Grace Fireside last night, it was a really good um, discussion. We were just got cozy because it was freezing. And then we just had such a good conversation about grace. So you might want to go back and check on that. But otherwise, welcome back everyone who was already there. Let me just see about our cute friend who's coming today. I want to do this morning as we're getting started, but let me tell you where we're going to be. We are going to be in the New Testament. You'll want good your morning. New Testament. Hi, Vanessa. So good. Good. How are you? Okay, good. Me too. And um, I was just going to do a little housekeeping as we get started because there's a couple things we want to talk about, but I'm telling everyone we're going to be in the New Testament is where we're going to be. And then the talk, I still have my little thing in the talk from last time, but the talk this time is Elder Anderson um, and talking about, we're going to talk a lot about Jesus, which always makes me so happy when that is our conversation. But before we do that, I wanted to say two things. At the beginning of this semester, we um, had a couple of things that we were working toward. One was the whole theme of the study, which is become this righteous people. And um, the focus for this six months is just becoming. It's like growing into something. It's um, progressing and increasing. And we've kind of been just working on, for the first couple of months, we worked on overcoming. Now we've been working on becoming. And then this month, we started working on rest, which is the topic we've all been waiting for. But in the meantime, does anyone remember when we talked about these study? Uh, no these prayer journals that we talked about at the very beginning. And President Nelson gave us this really interesting invitation that was about daily prayer. And he said, ask him to enlighten your mind and send the help you need. Record thoughts as you pray and then follow through diligently. And I've never actually have done that before. I, I do ask for him to enlighten my mind and send the help. I need all the time. That's why I feel like my prayers regularly are. But the other two, I don't think I'm as good at. Are you a a prayer writer? I'm spotty. I have to admit, I like, I try to keep my phone plugged in away from my bed. And so I don't have like, I, I, during the day, as I, throughout the day, I'll jot things out on my phone because I feel like if it's in my phone, it's saved. Right. bed as yes. I have thoughts after yes. praying I just think I'm going to remember in the morning and then you know how mornings go yeah yeah I do and that happened to me last night and I'm so mad right now because I was so tired and I got in my bed and there were three things that I told myself I repeated them over and over till I fell asleep oh of which I can remember two this morning I'm so mad but I've just been praying all morning please let the third one come back hopefully it will but meantime i have been using this journal faithfully everyone and it has been such a remarkable experience the problem with yesterday was it was downstairs because i was actually acting on something i had written and so it wasn't right by my bed it's better um when it's right by my bed and there's been a couple nights this semester i have even slept with this in my bed 
um, because I've been praying over things that I needed information so bad that I wanted just any insight that came at all, I was going to write it down. So that has been one gift from this semester for me is trying that thing that President Nelson invited us into that I actually have never done before and, and trying to make it a habit and then watching how it is changing up my life a little bit, which I actually love. And yes, I've been using my pen light, everyone. That was a really good recommendation because yeah. remember when I was just writing I'm blindly in the dark um, and the prayer or the pen light is so nice, except for it's a little bright for Greg. So I hide under my covers when I'm writing. Um, but I do love that so much. Um, okay. The other thing I want to tell you that I'm super excited about, and I just want to think about this for... A minute is Rio's work and wonder conference journals. It, it always amazes me when we get to this part in the study that we're like almost done because don't you always feel like we just barely started um, the semester and then like we are at the tail end of the semester right now. We're like almost 40 days to conference. Um, the only reason I know is because it's almost Lent and that's 40 days till Easter and Easter is the week after conference. So we're like right on top of conference coming, which always gives me like this burst of energy for what's coming, you know, what's the new invitation and how is my life going to change and how will I be better? And Inklings has been such an um, amazing process for me because I'm someone who has always loved general conference but I've had a really hard time like implementing it afterward because life just gets going and then we're, I'm just going. And I love that Inklings in these past seven semesters has created a one hour pause every week to like think about Yeah, you, you know, you talk a lot about rhythms and I feel like this weekly rhythm on the Sunday posts and then time to think and study and ponder and then the videos. Um, I also really appreciate how you always talk about sprinklings. Like it's okay if you kind of step out of rhythm, you can always pick back up and get that sprinkling. But it just feels like conference has been this gift that keeps on giving in a way that it never had for me before. Yes, me too. Like all of a sudden I am, I'm just feeling a, a growth that I did not feel in previous years. And I love that it's with all of you, which I want to talk about in a minute. But before we go there, um, I would just want to show you these workbooks because I just got some at my house in case you've never seen them before. So our cute friend Rio, who we just love so much, she's like our sister company, creates these conference workbooks. And this is what I love about them. They are like beautiful and they become like a keepsake journal. I, I'm not getting to any of the pretty parts. Hold on. It, within here, there's all this such pretty art. Every time I'm like, can't wait for the art to come. This time you particularly love it because I, my soul is like desperate for spring and it just feels so springy. Um, but what I love about this is there's a conference prep at the very beginning that is like an in detail everyday little conference prep that gets us started. And then as you go through, there's a place for um, the speaker. It tells you which session you're in, which I love too, because it just helps me stay organized. But then um, it goes through and gives me a spot for questions, um, promises, and invitations. And this is the place where I live during the talk, because sometimes I'll write the notes from the talk, but I mostly want to write the promptings that are coming to me real time of like, this is something I need to work on. This is someone I need to talk to. This is um, something I could add, or this is something I need to take away from my life. I just like that real time I'm making those. But then what happens for me, and the reason why I love these, and rather than just like a target journal, is I know where these are. I keep mine all in a stack. I have a certain shelf where I keep them. But as we go back through um, the these conference talks every time I will go back into my work and wonder journal for the last six months 
And I'll read the talk, but also I want to remember just, what was the prompting that I, I used in journals too. Talk. And I took so many notes this last session and I haven't looked at it once since. Because <laughs> I'm so busy. Okay. You need to get it out. Yeah, you need to get it out. And for me, it's easier to just go talk by talk. Like as we're doing inklings, I keep this by my inklings binder. So I just have everything all together now. And when I'm studying the talk, I always go back to see what was my first prompting. What was the call out for me I know. in the talk so that Drag I can go through so and just be. About this talk. This is... Okay, yes. Go beginning years while I keep talking. Um, so there's this beautiful one that is my favorite, for sure my favorite. Um, this is Grace's favorite. It's more for the teens. Um, the, this one is just fun. It's more um, geometric. Um, so if you have like teen girls, but then you guys are going to die over this one. And I was telling Rio last night, please let me show these on Inklings because you just don't know how cute they are unless you get into them. The kids one is actually like a hands-on experience for the kids. And I love that like it wants to tell you, here's all the supplies you're going to need for conference. I get these for my grand boys. Well, and I got one for Araya last time. And I pack them up with all the things they're going to need for conference and send them to them. And then here's their conference prep. They get to make uh, this countdown rip off each of these things as they're getting ready. But then within there's our activity pages. I love the notes because they get to color what the person looks like who's speaking. And then there's like coloring pages. But there's also like um, really awesome in-between conference type activities that um, it's just, it's super fun. It, it's really hands-on and it allows our little ones to actually really participate in the conference experience with us, which I love. So because we are so conference focused, I just wanted you to know about that resource. Now, here's the thing. Um, David and I, both of us last week when we were teaching, um, what do we teach? don't miss this when we were doing don't miss this and it was a sermon on the mount and i was talking about it's so interesting because it's like a new testament general conference that's what the sermon on the mount was it was just this um long sermon of like this is what is relevant to you right now and how important it was to um gather and to get that most like relevant immediate revelation for them and we were talking about these workbooks because we both use them. And then what happened is Rio wasn't even gonna announce until March, everyone. But we surprised her because we were so excited about talking about them and it just ended up being a fun compliment to that lesson. But I asked if she would put up pre-orders and they've actually almost sold out of these. It's been four days since the pre-orders are up. And so we're going to do a reprint, but we have to make a decision how many we are ordering in the next week for the reprint. So um, these are actually, someone's talking about Desert Book and they're actually not in Desert Book anymore ever again, everybody. So like I went and got them at Desert Book but they're not going to be in Desert Book anymore. So um, I do know she has old ones on her website right now from previous conferences. So um, this pro tip that someone's giving, which is so good, I think you can go on and order past ones. And then the new ones, you need to go to workandwonder.com. And then if you live in Utah and you are my personality that you want to just go grab one, we're going to actually uh, put them in the Jenny B market the week before conference. Cause I'm such like, I forget. And so all my girls get them. They love them. My, it's like our conference tradition, PJs and work and wonder workbooks. They just know that is what we're getting. Um, so I'm giving you a heads up because they really, the odds are super good. They are going to sell out this time. And you guys are the group that our this general conference group is the group I think would love them the most. So we are going to do a reorder on Monday, but if you think you want them, um, put, put your order in, in the next couple of days. I get the perfect bound ones too, because they feel more like a, a keepsake journal and less of like a workbook. Um, I wish I had one of my perfect bound ones, um, no. but it just, is yours perfect bound or do you do the, um, you do that one. 
The perfect binding looks like a book binding instead. And you can order, she only orders a few of those. Um, so if you want one of those, you for sure want to hop on because we're, I think we're well, only they, ordering these. Saying that they're the in reason. desert booking. So that's where I've gotten mine in the was expecting to be able yep. to go do that. So. Yeah. So that's super important. They will not be at Deseret Book this time. Um, so that is where you want to go. Um, she's also offering at a cheaper price point these, which she's calling the evergreen ones. And they're new this time. They're just tiny. And um, the, the inside, every page is just the same. And it tell, there's a little place where you can say if it was Saturday or Sunday and who the speaker was. And if it was um, in the morning or the evening session or the afternoon session. Um, so these also so cute. Anyway, I just love that she's helping us make conference like yeah. and part of our. She outlines rhythms. a way to prepare um, that you know the week or two. Before. That's so good. I do too. Yeah, and the Jenny B Market, if you've never been there and you live in in the Salt Lake area, is up at this is the place monument, and it will be March twenty second to twenty fifth, is when that is going to be, and it just has. The cutest, like if you're getting ready for Easter, that's what it will be for. It's just a cute little market that you can go to. Okay. And um, they, that's where they're going to be. So at, this is the place monument, the week before conference, you're going to be able to come up there and get them all remind you or just hop on and ship them. Um, the desert book is, I don't know why they're not doing it there anymore. I think it was the logistics were getting too hard. And so Rio just decided to do them on her own. And then she texted and was like, do you know of a pop-up shop we could do somewhere in Utah? And then remember our cute Jenny Gochner, who is one of our Inklings ladies. I just texted her and said, is there any way we could set up a table for our people? Um, people are saying and sound issues. So I tried to move. That, I think my okay. signal looks a little bit stronger here. Is it working now? Let me know if it's still messing up and I'll try to get closer to our main hub. Okay. okay, and I'm right by ours, so we're doing our best, everybody. Hopefully, that is going to help. Okay, so I think I did and all I, the housekeeping. That downstairs, so many things. It might be but, better down there anyway. Okay, it does okay. actually sound better right where you are. Um, so okay. I wonder if Come you back should try me. there for a minute, and then if not, yeah, because that that actually was working. Okay, so we're going to go to Elder Anderson. And to start us off, I want to just talk about this really quick, and then we will dive in. Um, I was reading an article in the Washington Post this week about um, the girls in the rising generation. And I don't know if anybody else read the article, but you'll be able to go and find it. It, it kind of was like not a happy article. It was really sad, and it just talked about... Um, how intense for these high school girls and junior high girls life is right now. And um, a lot of abuse, a lot of depression, um, a lot of thoughts of suicide, um, like an abnormal increase in numbers over the past two years. And that um, they, they were worried about like, how, what's going to be the difference maker for these girls and how do we pull out of this um, trend that we are in right now? And the CDC is the one who had done all of these um, studies on it. And at the very end, it talked about they were feeling like if they could help create better community within the school systems, it might be an answer. And immediately um, the thought came to me about creating community and how powerful community is. It's, it's what draws us together on Thursday mornings is this community. And in my mind, it was like, I'm so sad that it has to be the school that is going to create community for these girls, because why is it not the churches that are um, going to create this community? And for those of us who have an opportunity within our church structure um, or family would be a better way of saying it to think about, could I be better, whether I have a calling in the young women's or not, could I be better at helping to create community 
for these girls and these young single adult girls who are struggling. They were saying the boys are struggling as well, but the girls are 50% worse. Like it is a huge number of um, the, the struggle that's going on. And it immediately made me think, okay, we've got to figure out how to create community. And that is one of the things, because I've been thinking about this, Elder Anderson's talk on top of this, um, that part of what he is suggesting is this community created around being rooted in Jesus Christ and what that might look like. So we're going to dive into this. Let me introduce Vanessa. I always think everybody just knows who everybody is because you guys were like family. But um, Vanessa and I are going to dive right into Elder Anderson's talk. But let me just have Vanessa tell you a little bit who my she name is, is that will be so quickly. Good. I live in Orem, Utah right now. I have seven children. Um, my husband and I started a business about eight years ago called Cat Books with the mission to strengthen families. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and I'm just thrilled to be here. I feel the luckiest ever to be able to be, to know Emily and, and work with Emily in this way. So thank you so much for having me. But to die, I would well, love to so just dive right in. And let me just also say, I'm a native Floridian. I'm actually a seventh generation Floridian. And as we were, as I was reading this talk and thinking about what it means to be rooted in Christ, I was thinking about all of the storms that blow through Florida. I, the big ones, the big hurricanes, those are the ones mm. that makes, makes the news. But like, it is a regular occurrence to have a tropical storm blow through. And I was thinking about all the trees on my dad's property. My dad loves trees. He's constantly planting new trees. But I was just there visiting recently and I was marveling at the giant live oaks that grow all around my parents' home. I mean, they are huge. The canopy is like massive. They actually call them umbrella oaks because the canopy gets so huge and all the Spanish moss growing off of the branches and the trunks so big, you can't even get your arms around them. But one of the reasons why those trees have been standing for so long, whereas many are uprooted in these storms, uprooted because their you know, root system is really shallow. A lot of the landscaping in Florida is happening in new developments and they buy their plants from nurseries. And so they're grown in pots and the roots stay shallow. And if they get planted and they're too young and a storm comes through, often they get uprooted. Or if they're planted in like a rough spot of ground. But these live oaks, they are like the most hurricane resistant trees because of this incredible root system. Um, not only do they have a nice long tap root that grows down, but the lateral roots that grow out to create this big stable root base that goes down like four feet deep, they interconnect with trees. And so as you were talking mm. about community, I'm like, yes, like these live oak trees with these miraculous interconnecting roots, that's what helped one of the ways that they stay so firm and strong throughout all of the storms that come blowing through. Isn't that remarkable? Yes, it is so interesting. And um, I love that as he's talking about this being rooted and how important it is to be rooted, to think um, if, if our roots also yep. somehow could interconnect, what would that produce? Yep in yeah. us which i, I love i was talking to my dad last night about this that. and he says live oak trees are his favorites um and one with a recent storm they had lots of really really strong wind not as much rain but a lot of wind and one of the older trees back on his property part of it got blown over the whole thing wasn't uprooted but part of the root ball was exposed and we were i was thinking about like how maybe it was the other little connecting roots that helped hold held it in place so it wasn't completely um pulled out of ground but he was telling me about how he did he just left it like that because he thought it was so beautiful to have that visual of what those roots look like and over mm. time a little family of foxes has created a little fox den in this part of this exposed ball and how this beautiful mm. thing has grown out of what seemed like a tragedy in the moment and i just think there's so many interesting lessons to learn and parallels to draw on our own life. If we imagine ourselves as the live oak, even a young, immature live yes. oak. I love how Elder Anderson, earlier in the talk, he talks about the wheat and the tares. And he says, you know, even if you don't feel like a strong, mature stand of wheat, those little tender blades, those are still good. And those are st will still be gathered up. Like we don't have to be the 100-year-old oak to be feeling 
ready. Yes. Um, but community, like this community has been so powerful yes. for me. My, my testimony, um, my, my relationship of Christ with Christ has grown so much because of this community. And I just think that's such an important part of, um, for all of us. And like, we're lucky that we have this here right now. What does that community look like for, for yeah. my kids and for my husband? Like, I think naturally gravitate to yeah. community. Like, how can I help my husband have this same kind of. Right same community and i love because elder anderson talks to us we realize that as evil increases in the world our spiritual survival and the spiritual survival of those we love will require that we more fully nurture fortify and strengthen the roots of our faith in jesus christ and it's exactly what you're talking about is how do we create this community like we have something here on thursday mornings um, that is remarkable and there is so much strength and there's something about Thursday mornings for me. I don't know if it is true for all of you, but like I wake up with a little extra bounce of energy on Thursday mornings that I'm like, Oh, we're the, I'm getting together with my ladies, right? We're just, we're going to sit together. We're going to talk about the good stuff and there's strength that comes on Thursday mornings. I can like guarantee strength. On Thursday morning, um, I just know it's uh, going to happen. We had a young man return from his mission, give his homecoming uh, talk on last Sunday. And one of the things that he said, I wrote it down, the more we seek the Savior, the more we see him. And that just came to my mind again as you were talking about that, because I feel like the more I learn of him here on Inklings and on other podcasts, don't miss this, the more, the more I want him in my life. And whereas I used to listen to yeah. a lot of audio, um, like audible books, like I loved historical fiction. Now I just want another podcast. I want to learn more about Jesus. I want to learn more about covenants. I want to learn more about church history. Like the more I learn, the more I want. It feels like this appetite. Mm. Yes. I, that has been so true for me too. And there will be times when that is my trajectory where what calls me um, at night, particularly right before I go to bed is just a couple mm -hmm. verses of scripture that I, um, that I want that in my life, you know, that I, I, like, mm. I feel that need for, Your there is a strength yes, there. Um, yeah. And, and it pulls me. Yeah. That is so true. And, um, I don't know what that looks like for our kids. I don't know what that looks like, um, for the men in our life, but it's something David Butler and I have actually been talking a lot about for the last two months is how do we create a place for relevant faith right now for the conversations people actually need to be having in their lives and um, what's happening at Inklings. How could we help that happen um, in a larger community sense? Uh, it feels like what COVID did for us is removed that sense of community from us. And, and so part of this coming out of that is recreating community again and actually being intentional. I think one and of the beautiful outcomes from COVID is that our community was reduced to like the people who lived in our house. And I think for the first time, rather than just going through the motions of like regular family home evening and, you know, the little, the cadence of our, daily life like really having meaningful gospel discussions in our home was like a revelation of how like important this little community is and i think we've gotten back into the regular rhythms of yes. mutual and church and seminary and everything i haven't been as um focused on my little home community here but we can't neglect the power that we have in our own homes Yeah, that's what I think. That power in our homes. In fact, that article talked about at the end that the the girls who were feel. I was so intrigued by this. The girls who were feeling the most protected were the ones who could say that their parents knew where they were mm -hmm. and who they were with at all times. And I was like, that like eighty percent felt that um, protective power of their parents knowing where they were and who they were with. And I was like, I love that we are moving into 
Um, and, and partly it's sad because the world has gotten so um, hard that for some reason for that age group to have protective parents is actually making them feel safer. And so I love the thought of that, of like just yeah. making sure your family community is, um, is so important. I will link to the, that article in the, um, when we're done, I'll, I'll make a note of everything you want me to link to, but I'll link to the article. I'll link to Rio's workbooks. Um, I can't think if there's anything else we talked about, but I will put both of those in there. Yeah. It was the Washington post. And I think as we think about this wheat and tares, that elder Anderson's talking about, um, Oh, and it looks like desert book must've, I mean, desert news must've also put it up. As we think about this wheat and tares scenario, I think it really is important just to think about how do we strengthen the wheat? Um, how do we have these conversations that are allowing Jesus to be um, part of our community? I think that is part of what makes Inkling such a strong community well, is we, we talk. And I think Christ. as that's what as we, we are here. strengthened as part of this community, there is a ripple effect. Like I, I have a friend who I always admire. Like we, we had all of our babies together and kind of raised our family together. And, you know, you always have problems, you know, questions and like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to tackle this. And how are you surviving? And she would always respond with something about Christ or a scripture or a conference talk. And I was like, how do you have time to make this a priority? Like, aren't we just like trying to survive? But um, I admired it and I always wanted to, to have that be like my first response um, or my first thought. And it hasn't been until these last couple of years, I think because I have been, you know, doing the work and really trying to come to know my savior. And I've been, you know, attending inklings and digging in and learning and doing the work that now um, those, I find myself speaking of Christ on a regular basis. Like even when it, sometimes I'm like, wow, was that appropriate? Yes, it's always appropriate to talk. Um, but just last night, <laughs> my 15 year old sneaking out on our, um, security cameras the other night and you know he's like as we're like working through like okay and he's like he's like I keep making all these mistakes I keep making all these mistakes it's never going to be right I'm never going to earn your trust back and he's like I'm just going to give up and I'm like oh he's like I'm out of lives I'm out of chances you guys are just never going to trust me anymore and I'm like honey you're never going to be out of lives because Jesus never gives up you never run out of lives with Jesus. And we're trying to parent in a Christ-like way. Anyway, I just found myself talking about Christ in a moment where normally I would have just been raging and grounding and banishing him to his... Um, and yes. so the, the fact is, and as you've been talking about that article and about how many young people are struggling, um, we just live in a, in a wicked world. Like, with so, like talking about raging stories, like they are raging harder than ever and constant and beyond just like what we see on the news headlines. Um, there's just, there's so many hard things coming at our kids. And my husband and I, my oldest is 27. My youngest is 15. We're kind of in that young adult, like parenting young adult phase of life. And we were um, just a few years ago, able to serve in a YSA ward here on BYU. And um, YSAs are just in the front of our mind and all of the challenges so different from when we were their age. And recently we were able to speak, um, did a devotional at BYU Hawaii. And the title of our devotional was Weathering the Storms of Life. And that poem that I remember first hearing President Monson recite about good timber, good timber, um, that don't mm -hmm. grow with ease, the stronger the wind, the stronger the trees. And talking about how these like these storms of life can actually help strengthen us. And I think there is, there are studies that like trees that repeatedly have to like grow and live and um, against like strong winds, they end up being stronger together. So I think sometimes we can be panicked and scared about all the hard things that our kids are facing, but armed with a testimony of Jesus Christ or an evolving, I mean, our kids are those tender blades of wheat, right? And, um, they might be surrounded by tears. And someone made the comment earlier that the tears can be saved too. And I love how Elder Anderson goes on to talk about how we can be different and how we can let our light shine by living our light differently. But I think I can sometimes be paralyzed by the storms that are raging. 
and just want to hunker everyone back down in and just keep them safe under my wings. But recognizing that those storms are going to help them go stronger and restore doctrine about like the new for strength of youth that we're, we're helping kids just tap into that source themselves to find that inner strength um, so that they can have those strong, deep roots. And we'll just keep grabbing onto them with our lateral roots, grab on, try to hold them firm as they yeah. will eventually blow around. But we cannot panic. This is. Yes. Which I love. I love that. And I want to go in for just a second to Acts 4, because um, then I want to come back to this talk. Um, but I, I found a couple things so interesting in Acts 4, for, particularly for our day. This is the chapter that comes right after the story that we're familiar with when Peter is walking by the temple and he sees the man who's lame, who's been laying there for so long. And he reaches out his hand and lifts him up. And then remember the man goes leaping and dancing into the temple with Peter. And we love that story so much. Um, John or Acts 4 happens right after that happens. And the priests and the Sadducees come and they're so mad about what Peter and John are doing. And um, th that they're teaching the people. That's their biggest concern is that they're teaching the people. And after all of that happened, 5,000 members joined the church, which can you imagine that baptism day? Like everyone is like, we want to know more about what is happening here. And Peter, who has the Holy Ghost, is the one who um, approaches the priests and the Sadducees. And I love that he goes in the spirit. Like he doesn't just go to them, but he, it's kind of like when you were talking about with your son, that instead of that conversation being what you would normally have had, it, it was a conversation that you actually took the spirit with you. And you spoke of Christ in that conversation. And Peter is going to model the same behavior that he's going to um, enter into this conversation in verse nine. He's like, if we're going to be examined for the good deed we did for this man who was lame, then let me tell you by what means he was made whole because it's not because of me and it's not because of John. And then I love in verse 10 when he's like, be it known unto you all and all the people in all of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who you crucified, by the way, whom then God raised from the dead, even by him that this man stand here beside us whole. That's how it happened in the name of Jesus. Even by him, he says, this is the stone. This is the salvation. And then I love in verse 13, and this is my favorite verse in this chapter. It says, now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, right? They weren't rabbis. They weren't priests. They weren't Sadducees. They weren't within the church system. They just were these two men who were walking by the temple in their eyes. Um, they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And I thought to myself, I love that just being with Jesus is what had given them that boldness, that ability to stand up and defend what they knew to be true. But it's also what had brought about the healing. And I think as we look about the people who are surrounding us, like you think about the, the young woman in that article, but you think about all of us and what do people want to be made whole? Um, to find healing, right? That's, that's what we long for, healing and wholeness. That's what we want. And I love that he says it's, it's not coming because of us. It's coming because of Jesus. That's how it's coming. And they have learned to speak boldly about that. And it made me think to myself, like what we have here on Thursday mornings is unique, to us. But I love the fact that like this morning, there's 1200 people with us. Each of us can leave from here and talk to at least 1200 other people this morning about Jesus and speak 
speak with boldness. And I love when somebody said on here, people tell me I talk too much about Jesus. And I just want to say me too, everyone. That happens all the time. And in fact, I have one friend who is not religious at all. And we talk on the regular and you guys, I just can't help it. It, my life like just revolves around Jesus that it, it's really rare for me to not bring him up somewhere because that is my life. And one day he told me, I just, I said to him, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to talk about Jesus right now for a minute. Cause he was going through something hard. He had asked advice. I always ask for permission before I talk about Jesus with him because I don't want to offend. And he's like, listen, Emily, I know you, you have this Jesus thing. And I was like, that is no, so more. true about me. <laughs> you have this Jesus thing. I think about that all the time. I'm like, that actually is true. I do um, have this Jesus thing. And we all do, right? That is what calls us together. But I just love that thought about um, in a time like you're talking about of storms and, and hard things to be bold about talking about Christ. And I feel like that's what Elder Anderson is inviting us to do is to be bold about Yeah, and he goes on to tell us how, like how we can do that. But before we get to that part, I'm just seeing conversation here about when we talk about wheat and tares and that us and them. And I just... I just want to say, whenever I've read that, I've not thought of the tears as other people, but as concepts and temptations and, you know, philosophies. Like, I, I believe everybody that's ever lived on this earth has a chance up until face-to-face -face meeting God to say, I believe. And our, our family, loved Me ones, too. like friends, people who are, you know, leaving the church or losing their faith, they aren't tears. They aren't, they are, they are just in a different stage of growth and development and they will not be sifted out. They can choose, they will have a chance to choose, I believe face to face with deity. Um, and so I just don't, anyone who's feeling othered or sad about that concept, I think that there's, there is cause to have faith and joy and hope. Yeah. And I love that thought that that's a decision you'll make face to face with deity is such a beautiful way of saying that. And I was actually talking to someone about this a couple of days ago. And I was like, we have to remember that the Lord gave Pharaoh 10 chances, 10. There wasn't a day when he's like, okay, well, now you're a tear. That's your choice forever. I love that he is, um, second chances and third chances. And in, in Pharaoh's case, 10 chances to soften his heart. And that is the world that I love yep. to believe in is that there's anyone who wants can be the wheat, anyone, even yep. at and, the very last. And so for those of us that choose. are, you know, have family or loved ones that, that are struggling, uh, often you feel like powerless to be able to help them because it is their own personal unique journey. But the thing that we can do is increase our faith and testimony in Jesus Christ and honor our covenants. And, and as I found myself in this position, I've just dug into like, what are covenants? Why are they important? How can I honor them and how can I help mm -hmm. even my, my loved ones who are, you know, seemingly to, to step away? How can I help them see that they are still honoring some of their covenants as they try to do good in the world and try to be honest and, and try to serve. Yes. Um, I just feel like there's no one right way to be a Christian and you know, whether or not you've been baptized in this church or not, like there's no one right way. I mean, we talk about the covenant path. Yes. I love how you talk about covenant story and how it might not be this, you know, straight and narrow, like, um, yeah, it's a journey. It's journey. It's an epic journey. Yeah. And, but the thing that I can do is focus on my covenants. And Elder Anderson, he talks about, about that, about the things that we can do to nourish and um, nurture that relationship. And going to the temple has been something that I haven't been in years past very religious about. Like it hasn't been a part of my regular rhythm of my life. But now I've been living in Utah now for almost 10 years. There's no reason why I shouldn't be going to the temple regularly. I have like three to choose from within my 
10 minutes. Of, um, but the more, the more I go, the more I want to go. It's that, like I said at the beginning, the more you seek Jesus, the more you see mm -hmm. Jesus. The more I go, the more I want to go. And let me tell you, after going this last week with all of those changes, like I, I want to just call everyone I know to come, come see Jesus. He's there in the temple. It's all of the anxiety that I used to feel yes. about our young single adults when they would start prepare to go to the temple and I'm like okay we gotta we gotta tell them everything we can possibly tell them I want them to not freak out the way I freaked out and my husband freaked out when we went to this new strange wonderful part of church um but this the ongoing restoration is one of the most beautiful things to be here to witness and as you know you can still go through the temple and come out with lots of questions I mean I still have lots of questions about about some of the church policies and all but the promise of things being yet revealed like think about all the things that have been revealed just in the last few years and what we have to look forward to and i just am so grateful to know that our prophet is one-on-one -on -one with jesus christ and we are getting yeah. from him what we need to know and i'm just all in on president nelson and the beautiful um restored doctrine yeah, I love that so much. Someone just put this quote in here that I want to think about now for a long time. She said this, all of God's children are wheat. The tares yeah. are distractions, temptations, philosophies, and sins. Anything that would choke out the spirit and yeah. Christ's influence. And I love that idea of, um, of thinking about what, we, what we've got to remove from our life is the distraction and temptations and philosophies and sins however those arise um that's what chokes out the spirit that's so good and yeah i love that same thing that you're talking about with the temple is the ability it has to strengthen um particularly now and that thought i saw someone else talking about this too that it is actually for some people it makes them mm. nervous when changes mm. happen like the temple why is it changing why does it keep changing and uh that's one of the things david and i have been talking about yeah. relevant faith that we actually believe in a god who understands culture and society and who wants to help make faith remain relevant to us in the culture and society that we are living within and and we are watching it happen with the strength of youth pamphlet with these changes to the temple i was talking to my kids about this this week that this the structure doesn't change the teaching um the doctrinal teaching in the temple did not change but the delivery changed and the delivery changed in a way that exactly what you're saying all of a sudden allows young single adults or people going through for their first time to understand better what is happening there. And I love the thought of, if you believe in a restoration church, then you should be prepared to witness change. Um, that's, if you've ever restored a piece of furniture, that's what you're yeah. looking forward to most is the change I think that will be there at Change the just end. means things are gonna be different. And I think maybe it's harder for some of our older members to embrace change because we've like built our whole life around this very strict, you know, code of conduct and rules. And I mean, I'll admit even as a mother, like with the change in the first strength of youth, I just knew it was so inspired and it was the, the way, the right way that we need to be. Um, you know, teaching our kids, but it also left a lot of room for some mess, you know, like I was a stickler for knee length shorts with my oldest daughter. Like and we were living in Florida at the time. She yes. had mom, that's why I always wore jeans. I was not walk around in those knickers. Uh, and, and think about like <laughs> knickers. I love they were gonna the be battles knickers. that we had around her clothing where we were missing the mark to be able to help her develop a testimony of like, her reflecting Christ's light or like all the things that really, when we talk about modesty, they were, they were meant to be rooted in. So now, you know, like the clothing's going to look different and it's especially hard. If I'm being honest with my mother who sees some of the photos on Instagram, like, I cannot believe you're letting her. And I'm yeah. like, it's not about me. Like, and it's not about hemlines as anymore. Like we're just not going to fixate on these things that used to feel comfortable. And it gave us something to like 
tangible to hold on to and to be even like, you know, have righteous indignation and judgment for. And I love that all of that's going away as we just continue to focus on Christ. And I love change. Like it, yes. it can be a little bit scary, but it just gives me so much hope that there's going to be um, just a bigger net to cast out, to gather in. Yeah. Um, that, that is part that feels like what is happening right now is yeah. that enlarging of the tent. Um, and then we know that part of what comes with the enlarging of the tent is the strengthening of the stakes and that community, that thought of community, which I love. And I'd love to, like, as you're talking about it, and this is something Elder Anderson said that I loved is he talked about, we need to treasure, protect, defend, and safeguard yes. the gift yeah. of the Holy Ghost. And I loved that thought of like, it, it goes back to when President Nelson said, you're not going to make it through this time. If you don't have that relationship with him to help get you through what's coming. And I love when he uses that word, not just to treasure, protect and defend, but yeah. to safeguard the gift. So the young man who spoke in our ward last like? Sunday, Elder Slade, Blake Slade, an amazing kid. Um, one of the things that he shared, and I left my notes over at my desk, so I'm not going to get it word for word, but it basically was like, if you are sure of your experiences, like no one with an opinion, with an opinion can help make you waver. Like this idea that an experience is going to like, hold, that's what's going to hold you fast. And then the opinions will come and go. But if you can really own and hold on to that experience. And, and I knew immediately that it was these experiences with the Holy Ghost. I remember in, don't miss this last mm -hmm. year or last in the Old Testament study, we were talking about seminal moments and you challenged us to write down seminal moments. And I started yeah. making a list, starting all the way back to when I was, gosh, probably five. The first time I remember feeling what my dad helped me identify as the Holy Ghost. And I just made these lists of times where I cannot deny that I felt the spirit. I had an experience with the Holy Ghost. and. Yes, questions come into my mind and difficult situations make me wonder like, wait, is this, how does this work? Is this really the plan? Is this really his church? And I might not have all the perfectly, you know, neat and tidy answers for everything, but I've had these experiences and I continue to have them on a weekly basis when I go to church and mm -hmm. I renew my covenants through the ordinance of the sacrament. And I just, I can't deny that. And so um, some of the things that we can do to help hold on to those experiences are write them down write them down, speak of them. Like, in mm -hmm. fact, I mentioned my youngest son who is just, he's a delight, but he's, he's been a challenge. You would think by the time I get raising my seventh kid, I will know how to do this, but he's like broken all of the molds and we're starting from scratch with that one. And I went, I started my Sunday um, fasting, just I, what I really wanted was like an Alma the Younger moment. Please strike this kid down and help him see that this is the way. Um, but I went into that Sabbath, um, with that prayer in my heart and fasting. And as Elder Slade was speaking, it was just the greatest talk. And I'm like, is he, is he listening? Is he listening? I kept watching him watch the kid next to him who was on his phone playing a game. And I'm thinking he's not listening. He's wishing that he was allowed to be on his phone and he's probably not even paying attention. But after church, he stood up and he came to me and he's to me and my husband. And he's like, so I know I've been saying that I'm probably not going on a mission, but after listening to Blake speak, I think it could be pretty cool. Like, I, I see how it could be good. And oh, I was just like, oh. I grabbed him. I'm like, Declan, this was an answer to my prayer. I've been praying for you. And you felt prompted by the spirit. You felt a, yourself turned to Christ. That is so beautiful. And I want you to know it was also an answer to my prayer. So being able in that moment to not only help him recognize the experience he was having, but then share the experience that I had. And who knows if this is going to create that like, 90 degree turn I want for him. Um, or if it's just another one of those, you know, little rocks that we pile up on our cairns of life that like. Yeah. Well, I, lo I love that. And I love as you're sharing this, thinking about um, all my teen years are over. But one thing that I did learn about my teenage kids is every single one of them was different. And how I parented every single one of them was different, which felt hard because you feel like by the time you get to your fifth one, you should be yeah. like good at it. Like 
You know, I, you, you want it to be like an instrument or a sport. I've been practicing this for five years, so I'm actually really good at it now. And the fact is, every child is so unique and different that it's like beginning again every time you enter back into that. And what became the constant for me was not any parenting skills that I acquired for any of the previous four. Mm. It was the spirit. The spirit is what became the constant for me. And I actually stopped looking back at what worked for Caleb or what worked for Megan or what worked for, you know, someone else. I just stopped. Instead, every morning I just woke up and prayed, help me be the mother Grace needs me to be today. Help me be that mom, whatever that looks like. And all of a sudden it became almost as if every child was a new subject in school. And what was constant was the teacher, the spirit, walking me through what that looked like. And for all of my kids, when you talk about like that, I, I wanted the 90 degree turn. Um, and for me, that never happened. For me, it was a day by day tutoring, like, day by day there never was a moment where i with any of them where i was like okay we did it i'm i can wash my hands of this process with you now um you know we 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 finished the course um it never was like that it was that sunday after sacrament conversation looking for it to happen again on monday and then watching for where that conversation was going to happen again on Tuesday and being so like present with the spirit to be ready at the kitchen table, um, making turkey sandwiches with avocado at lunch or ready when the friends came over to just be like, I can love your friends well. And, and let me have the privilege of loving your friends. And that is well. so, I you know? love that you brought that. that up because I think as we saw our youngest son, like start to, you know, make some choices that were like, oh, this is scary. We were like looking at his friends and my husband's like, these are bad kids. Like he shouldn't be hanging out with these kids. And I'm like, oh no, 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 no. They're not bad kids. They, they actually, they're sons of God as well. Like they're not doing what we want them to do, but let's, let's exert our influence on them too. So whereas, whereas I want to just like kick them out of my house and be like, Nope, sorry, not hanging out here. We've like fully embraced them in. And last night I was at the table talking about dirt bikes with some new friend and he was into it. He was telling me all about all the different engines and varieties. And like, I don't know the first thing about dirt bikes, but I'm like, you know, I'm trying to, trying to build a relationship here because you can't have influence on someone's every relationship. And you can't ignore the influence that friends have on our children. And so we're just like opening our home and bringing in, they, they call themselves the goons. So I get indication to their sometimes goon-like behavior. Um, but yeah, we're just doing the best. But I well, I love that because when you think about talking boldly of Christ, um, for me, one of the things that was most helpful in raising my kids was watching how Christ actually entered into relationship with people. And it would have been talking about dirt bikes. It would have been going into their places. It was having enough brownies and stuff to make Rice Krispie treats in the cupboard that they would want to come to your house and let you sit with them at the table. That's what Jesus did he sat at the table that's what he did so beautiful so so good so many ways to create community which is what i feel so drawn to from this talk but to also bring christ into that community which i think is so important so there's lots of good for things, reminding us from the um, very today, beginning of today's discussion about prayer and the prayer journal and how that can be our ongoing conversation with God as we're seeking that inspiration and guidance from the Holy Ghost as we navigate all of these hard and tricky things and are weathering all of our own storms, that the incredible power that comes through our covenant relationship and then like just ears to hear, eyes to see, ears to hear, and then writing it down so yep. that we remember those experiences that we have. Well, I'm letting God be part of our actual life. 
you know, like inviting him in. Sometimes I write down things that I'm like, this does not make any sense at all, but I'm just going to write it down because maybe there will come a time where it does. And I just love this community where we are practicing together. We're just practicing Jesus. That's what we're doing and we're doing it together. And there's something powerful about that. And maybe you'll take some of this and just share with someone today, bring, bring Jesus somewhere um, today. So, so grateful for all of you. I love being here with all of you. And Vanessa, thank you so much um, for just everything you added and brought it to the conversation honor today. And pleasure. It was so and you good. can talk about getting excited so every good. Thursday morning. Today I had some major butterflies because I was a little nervous to get on here with all 1,200 of our friends, but thank you for letting <laughs> me share my a little bit of my testimony as well. Thanks for joining me. This podcast is taken from our Thursday Inklings discussions, which happen live on Instagram at inklings.institute. If you loved being here, I'd love to invite you to go even deeper with me, get reminders, and enjoy first access to all our events and gatherings by going to emilybellfreeman.com backslash inklings.